Okay, time for another edition of the Penn State Blitz and the Penn State Blitz podcast. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by Greg Pickle, as always, remotely, yes, and it's going to be quite the uh, Penn State Blitz, quite the podcast, Greg. I don't even know where to start, but we got a ton to talk about. We'll try and condense it as much as possible. There'll be no Penn State football in 2020. Best cases, they're going to play at some point in the spring. Although it's weird, Greg, they keep talking about spring. Do they realize that starts in late March and they're talking about possibly playing in January and February? So I don't know if they even understand about the four seasons. Penn State's not going to play for a while. They last played in the Cotton Bowl. We'll talk about our reaction to that. We'll talk about kind of what's next for Penn State football. We're going to get into when Penn State football resumes, how different this Penn State roster is probably going to look considering a spring season would run right concurrently with NFL draft preparations for some talented players. And I don't even know what the mailbag's going to look like, Greg. We'll get to that as well. Hope you're doing well. It's been a crazy last, it's been a crazy year. It's really intensified in the last week to 10 days. Uh, we're just not going to get to see any Penn State football. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, Bob. It's uh, it's a shame. The dog has a full jar of peanut butter for this episode because I feel like everyone needs to pick me up, including three-year-old golden retrievers who, unfortunately, are going to get to spend Saturdays with dad in the fall now. Yeah, obviously, I think we all knew this was going to be a possibility at some point that the Big Ten could decide to pull the plug on this. Conversations really heated up over the weekend. There's been lots of talk about not knowing about the long-term effects uh, related to COVID-19 and this new stuff about heart issues it can cause. And so it just sounds like the Big Ten presidents and Kevin Moore and the commissioner decided that now was the right time to pull the plug. And I just I still am very surprised that they didn't decide to wait a bit and give this some time, maybe see if things change, see if testing and contact tracing could be improved. We don't have too long until the regular season was going to start, but the Big Ten said it could start as late as September 26th. So there's still plenty of time, I thought, to wait and see how all this played out. Obviously, the uh, folks who run the Big Ten did not agree with that. So uh, here we are. A decision has been made. There's no going back now. And it's disappointing for the Penn State football program, for the people who uh, feverishly follow it. And, Bob, I will say this. We actually have more mailbag questions this week than we have in probably the last four months combined. So we'll have plenty to get to once we get there. You know, Penn State's coaches and players have been through a lot, obviously, all year. And they've been through a lot since early June when they began kind of returning to campus, kind of living a very uh, quarantined life. They've been going, trying to exercise, trying to work out, hoping for the green light to maybe do some more things. I, I remember James Franklin and, you know, the sacrifice he made. He has, Hasn't seen his family. Uh, I believe they're still in Florida, or at least they were. He's kind of been away. One of his daughters has a compromised immune system. It's pretty clear since late spring, early summer, Penn State's players and coaches, I think, have really done their best to try and get ready for this. And the reason I bring that up, Greg, is I just think that the way that the administration, the Big Ten administration and the presidents and the commissioner have kind of just behaved in the last week. I can understand a little bit of maybe the outrage on the part of the coaches and the players because it just feels like they weren't nearly as committed to kind of trying to see this through and kind of exhausting all kind of possibilities 
uh, as much as the players and the coaches were. It just seemed my senses for the last five months, no one was on the same page and no one really had a plan. And it's really disappointing to see it end the way that it did. Yeah, I can't argue with that even a little bit, Bob. I just think that there must have been such disconnect between the coaches, the athletic directors, the Big Ten presidents, and the commissioner's office. There's no other real way to look at it. And then an even more astonishing part to me is that Kevin Warren was pretty wishy-washy when he was interviewed by the Big Ten Network. He didn't really seem to have his heart into the decision that was made. He came out a little bit more strongly, especially against Nebraska, in interviews with national media members that followed his time on BTN. But yeah, he didn't seem to have the conviction that you would assume one would have to be the first conference to pull the plug on playing uh, in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then obviously James Franklin, Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh. I don't know how often those guys are on the same page, but they certainly teamed up on Monday and Tuesday morning to try their best to push for a delay in the start of the season, as opposed to an outright postponement at this point. That clearly didn't work. So yeah, time will tell, and you bring up an interesting point with James. You know, will he bring his family to State College now? Keep in mind that he had said in previous interviews that his daughter, daughters were going to homeschool in Florida, and they thought that was the safest place for them. Well, now what? What will they do at this point? I'm sure the homeschooling thing is still in play, but will they come to State College? Will they stay in Florida? Will he go to Florida? I mean, you could make an argument, I guess, Bob, that he needs to be in State College, but does he? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he wants to be to oversee this program and whatever it's allowed to do for the fall. But, I mean, I think that's something to keep in mind as well. So, so many things to figure out here, Bob. More questions and answers. And hopefully by the time um, this podcast is available on Thursday, we'll maybe have some thoughts or comments from either James or Sandy Barber or Penn State President Eric Barron to start putting the pieces together. As you digest the news, Greg, from Tuesday, and really it was the weekend, and Micah Parsons opting out, all the stuff that's happened, what's your takeaway as to kind of what is the next thing or two that needs to happen for Penn State's football program? Do they have to kind of come out with some kind of plan for the student-athletes in terms of football, you know, at least preparation or training or kind of staying involved? During the fall and the winter, do they need do they need some answers about eligibility moving forward? Do they need some recruiting questions answered as they look to build on future classes? Do they need to know about scholarship limits if they're going to see some players join the program? Or how serious do they prepare for the possibility of late winter or spring football, given the way that the last five months played out when nothing really happened. It almost was like they wished people were wishing this virus away because the virus isn't going to go anywhere for a while. What's next, do you think, for Penn State football? Well, it needs some guidance from the Big Ten and the NCAA, and that was what James Franklin was really getting at during his ESPN segment on Tuesday morning. He obviously thought that they should delay the start of the season and don't cancel or postpone yet. But his other point was, if we are going to do that, we better have some answers for these kids, these programs. I mean. What kind of recruiting impact is Penn State going to face if other schools play? Right now, there's a dead period in place, but it's supposed to end September 1st. That's right. If Alabama plays, uh, if Clemson plays, will they get to host prospects? I highly doubt it, but it's something that obviously Penn State and other Big Ten schools want to know right now. Conversely, with the eligibility rules, will fifth-year seniors get another year? And will there be a spring season? You make a good point about the January talk when uh, spring starts a little bit later than that. So we'll see how that shakes out. But 
The biggest problem is it seems like the Big Ten and its administrators, and I think everyone from the president level to the athletic director level to the commissioner's office, as you said, was really hoping that this was all just going to go off without a hinch and seemingly put no contingency plans in place. If you give guys extra years of eligibility and let them stay, then you're going to run into an issue with the 85-man scholarship limit, or you're going to disadvantage the class of 2021 signees who may not be able to come to campus right away because that would put Penn State over its limits. So that's one of the many things that is just a complete mess at this point. Again, the Big Ten even has, has not even put out rules about what can happen right now. Now, look, Ohio State said that they can work out voluntarily 20 hours a week. Wisconsin AD Barry Alvarez said that too. I'm pretty sure if Gene Smith and Barry Alvarez say you can do something, even if the Big Ten hasn't decided yet, they're going to have to mandate that it happens. So I think you'll see Penn State players have the same 20 hours a week of lifting, conditioning, walkthroughs, film session, et cetera, that you saw them have so far this year once they got back to campus in June and July. But Bob, the question becomes, how much film can you watch at this point, and what film do you even watch? I mean, these guys have been at home since March with nothing to do. How much film is there left to watch? I mean, you'd think they'd be about through every bit of film they could get, and now they have a whole fall to do the same thing. So um, will we see college coaches consulting NFL teams or other college programs that are playing? I mean, it's going to turn into the wild, wild west real quick because these guys are not built to just sit around all fall and not do anything, especially if other college conferences are playing. All right, we're halfway through this Penn State Blitz, Penn State Blitz podcast as well. Greg, just tell the uh, the viewers and listeners who are probably irate right now because there's no football about what they can do to kind of uh, rate our podcast and our, our videos and kind of give us some guidance, ask us some questions, all that good stuff. Take it away. Yeah, if you want to do some venting and yell at Bob and I, you certainly can by liking, rating, and subscribing to our podcast Penn State Blitz on Penn Live. You can do that on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your audio. Podcast usually comes out on Thursday. We'll see how that changes moving forward. For the time being, you can hear us either there or on youtube.com slash all Penn State. The Blitz also is published there in video form. So you can see Bob and I uh, talking into our cell phones in the middle of this pandemic. And uh, it's time to move on to third down, Bob, but we will do that right after this break. Okay, moving on. Our Penn State Blitz podcast continues on Bob Flounders, joined by Greg Pickle. Mid-August, no football in the fall. Obviously the big story. Greg, let's just talk a little bit about something that I think Penn State fans are starting to finally warm up to. Not warm up to, but realize. I think the players have known this for a while. There were a lot of players that were all in on playing football in the fall. But when you talk about spring football at the earliest or maybe no football until fall 2021, which is also a possibility, there are some seniors, some very talented seniors, some juniors, some fourth-year juniors, even some third-year juniors on this team that are going to have to make some decisions because I don't know that the NFL is going to really do much in terms of changing their spring approach with regard to getting ready for an April draft. If the choice, Greg, is playing in the spring until April or maybe even May or getting ready, 
for the NFL draft, if you think you can play and, and you know you're going to get selected pretty high in the draft like Pat Fryermuth, it's a no-brainer. I think you're done playing at Penn State, and there are a lot of players, not only on Penn State, but across the Big Ten, that are going to have these decisions to be made. You talked about the fact that as we talk about this, there's still three Power Five conferences, the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC that are planning on playing in the fall, but the Pac-12, the Big Ten are out. They're going to try and play in the spring, but Greg, the guys like Pat Fryermuth and Tariq Castro-Fields and Michael Mennett, Shaka Tony. Is there even a decision for them to be made? Have they all have a lot of players played their last game at Penn State? I, I unfortunately don't think there's any question about that. The only ones that I don't think that would be the case for would be if they would give an extra year of eligibility and only have a fall season next year. Then maybe some guys come back. But unless the NFL moves its draft, anyone who wants to go to the draft is not going to be able to play in the spring season. It's just not going to work out. And Bob, I think you could see guys opting out of the spring season because it'll be bastardized in some way, shape, or form. And what if you get hurt and then can't play in the next fall season? I mean, there's just so many challenges to a spring football season. It sounds great in theory, and it provides everybody with a lot of hope. But I just don't see how guys like Pat Fryermuth at Penn State, guys like Justin Fields at Ohio State, how they can possibly risk playing in in a spring season if that season would end uh, right around the time of the NFL draft, or maybe even after the NFL draft is held. Even if they did play, I'm pretty sure as soon as they were drafted by somebody, which I don't even know if you can draft somebody that's still playing <laughs> college football, but that would have to be negotiated. But even if that was allowed, you would have guys stop playing as soon as they were drafted because their NFL team would be like, if we're going to give you millions of dollars, you are not playing anymore Penn State football or Ohio State football or what have you. So it sounds great in theory. Obviously, you, I, and everyone listening would love to see it happen. I just don't know how it's going to work. And if it is going to work, it's going to be without a lot of the conference's stars. Because, again, those guys are all going to look at the same way Micah Parsons did and say, I yeah. already had to either opt out in Micah's case or be forced not to play in the case of everybody else. Why would I continue to risk it when I can go in the NFL draft and start making money at the professional level? So a lot of decisions to be made. I even wonder, Bob, if some kids just don't leave school, quite frankly, and just go start working out with a trainer somewhere and working out with an agent somewhere and try and get some kind of endorsement deals or whatever. Some of these guys are the caliber of player, Bob, where they could take all of their classes online, even if they were training in a different part of the country. Micah Parsons told us in his opt-out announcement that that's what he was going to do, take classes online to get his degree in December and train in L.A. So. We have a lot more to follow here over the next couple of weeks because the semester does not start until August 24th. And I think a lot can probably change in terms of who's yeah. still on the roster between now and then. Yeah. One player in particular I wanted, a couple players I just wanted to, I really, a guy like Michael Mennett, the center who, he was going to be a high draft pick in this past draft. He said he would stay for his fifth year. One of the top centers in college football. I feel for him the way this is going, and especially I think I think a guy like Pat Fryermuth, the tight end, chance to be a first-round pick for sure. I, I think he's got an awful lot to think about. It's not going to be a very easy time for him, but there's other guys on Penn State's team you just wonder about. But I think those two guys in particular, and my thoughts are kind of with them and their families because they got they got a lot to think about, and I think uh, I'm sure they'll do the right thing, but I hope Penn State fans are understanding and supportive of what these players are going to need to do just once you make a decision like this, Greg, 
the ripple in the pond is pretty dramatic. I think Big Ten presidents have their priorities. I think Big Ten ADs have their priorities. And I think maybe the immediate future of the sport and the players and the coaches and all they have to go through, I'm not sure that's at the top of their list right now. We'll see, but it's really going to be messy for the next two months. It has to be. It was messy for the last five months. So I would urge you guys to be patient out there because I don't think there's going to be a lot of problems solved in the fall. We'll see. Greg, you talked about the Penn State mailbag and a, and a, a long list of questions and queries. So what, let's get to it. Yeah, so we got to a fair amount of them, Bob, but this is the first one. Let's start it off on a lighter note. And I think only some of our listeners are going to get this one, but we got this via our subtext program at Penn Live. Who's more likely to yell to neighborhood kids to get off their lawn, Bob? David Jones or Andy Shea? Ooh, well. I think you got to go with Dave. Yeah, to me, it's an easy one. It's, it's a fair question, but yeah, I could see Dave Jones. Probably, yes. I would say 80% Dave Jones, although. Andy Shea, if he gets his hackles up, he can he can also do that. But to me, Dave Jones is the clear-cut choice. All right, very good. Bob, what is your message to fans who are asking how to cope with losing, uh, as this guy says, one of the potentially best Penn State teams in history? It was going to be James Franklin's best team in seven years. Talent-wise, probably their, their best team, Greg, since 2008, that was the team that went to the Rose Bowl, uh, was undefeated late in the year, had a lot of good players, had that tough loss at Iowa. I think they're probably the most talented team since since 2008. You know, you're never going to see that version of it again. It's too bad. James Franklin, yes, does recruit well, but when you talk about blue, blue chip players like Micah Parsons and Pat Fryermuth, it's great that they have some young players in the system, but... Not only for the from the fans to not get to see them again, but for them to not be able to play at Beaver Stadium one last time or enjoy their final season, it's got to be tough for them. Yes, they're going to be well compensated down the line, but as far as your advice, my advice to you would be to start drinking heavily, quite honestly. Enjoy the fall. There's still NFL. There's still hockey. Take up a hobby. You're going to save some money, I think, out of all of this. Those are some good signs. I just hope that the administrators and the higher-ups have some semblance of a decent plan for what happens next as far as when football is going to be played. Yes, well, let's just remind people, Bob, to drink responsibly, don't drink and drive, and there's a hotline out there to call if you need to talk to somebody. Yeah, so that was the movie line, in case you guys missed that. That, was, that wasn't really a sage advice, but that was actually a movie line. I think it might have been Stripes, but anyway, drink responsibly. But, you know, weekends, once in a while, you might want to just kick back. Yeah, and I need to watch Stripes, apparently. Okay, let me knock a couple of these other ones out quick. Impact on future recruiting classes, too early to say, quite honestly. Impact on bowls and championships, too early to say, unfortunately. Don't see how you could have a college football playoff, though, with this many teams uh, not playing. And, Bob, the last question, uh, we'll wrap it up on this. Do you think that we will see eligibility extended for another year, or do you think we probably won't? I am guessing that we don't see that. What say you to finish things off oh, here? Boy, that's another can of worms. I don't know. I'm going to say they got to do something. They got to do something for the players that have been compromised that are veterans. They, they have to do something. Also, just real quick, it was Animal House, not Stripes. It was John Belushi after they wrecked Flounder's car. He was all upset. Stephen first. Lutarski said, my advice to you is to start drinking heavily. I was just joking about that reference, but it was it was Animal House. It was not Stripes. My apologies. 
All right, Bob, I think that'll do it for this week. <laughs>